This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. How much do you want to be like Charlotte Pashley Foy from Senesli? Not only has she got an absolutely banging double barrel surname, what a surname that is, not only is she from Senesli, which is one of the lushest places on earth. But she is also this week's winner of our fabulous Jewelit Prize. Congratulations, Charlotte, you absolute hero. You have won yourself a Jewelit Classic Four Slot Toaster. You've won yourself a sandwich cage, a classic kettle, a 50-pack taster pack of compostable coffee bags, and one times travel mug. You are our Jewelit Queen this week, Charlotte. And with a surname like that, you might literally also be the queen. Thank you very much for entering the comp. I know you also want to be like Charlotte, but listen, you can't unless you enter the competition. There's not long left now, only a couple of weeks. If this is something you'd be planning on doing because you want to fill your life with jewelit goodness, make sure you get it done very, very soon indeed. The web address, and I'll tell you this at the end, jewelit.com slash toasterpod. D-U-A-L-I-T dot com slash toasterpod. Jewelit dot com slash toasterpod. You could be like Charlotte Pashley Foy off of Flanet. Oh, I so nearly nailed that in one take. You could be like Charlotte Pashley Foy off of Flanetly. I'm going to punish myself by not editing that out. Right, on with the show. Well, hello and welcome back once more to Toaster Towers. My guest this week, another Tom... Uh, This week, it's the turn of Deacon. We had Davis at the beginning of the series. Don't forget, you can catch that in perfect visual glory over on our YouTube channel. Uh, But this week, it's Deacon O'Clock. Tom Deacon, brilliant stand-up comedian. Um, He's also worked in the radio. Um, He has also got a very successful career working as a sports presenter for eSports. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Today's episode, we are going to talk about all sorts of stuff. A little bit of hernia chat. Um, If you are easily triggered by a pretty gross story about a nasty injury in the hernia department, about five minutes after the ads, you might want to just, you know, look away. How do you look away but hourly? Turn your ears away, but don't disappear. Uh, We will talk about uh, going to France. We will talk about a brand new hot take on Samuel Beckett. Uh, And we also uh, discuss porches. This is a this is a, a quiz for you. See if you can get this over the course of the episode. How much do you reckon Tom was quoted to have a porch slapped on the front of his house? Uh, I will have an attempt to work that out, and by the end of the episode, get it very very wrong. Enjoy the episode. Stick around, and I'll be revealing who next week's guest is at the end of this episode. It's an amazing guest. Super excited about next week as well. But that's in the future. For now, Tom Deacon. 
I don't know if it's chucking it down where you are. That's a dying plant. There's there's mm. my garden. That's nice. Having a little look around Tom Deacon's back garden. That's nice. That's not any kind of rude uh, innuendo either. Where are you, Tom Deacon? Where are you in in the country? Oh, lovely place. Nice gaff. Yeah. The thing is, though, uh, the front door comes straight in the house. Now I know that sounds obvious but you know there's like normally a little a lean-to or a porch or just something yeah not us you're straight in here you're quite drafty you're porch hungry aren't you that is oh we are and and when you get a quote for one you suddenly go i'm not so porch hungry anymore because uh, i have to actually feed myself it's mental just a little thing over the front door oh, don't say don't you know? don't don't say let that can be that can be part of the show today we have started recording that. I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna use this mate i think the content's now good enough what i do is i talk to my guests and as i feel you know, as we start to swim away from the shore of real life and we begin to enter the depths of podcasting, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I think this is good enough content now. Let's make that theme, Tom Deacon, uh, as we go through the okay. show. I will try and work out how much it costs to get a porch stuck on the front of the house. Let's see if I can get it right before the end of the show. Okay. All right. You're going to be you're going to be angry and you're, you're going to be baffled. Really? How much it costs. Yeah. Oh, and I need a laugh. There's a help in people. Tom Boss talking to these funny people. He's asking what they find in the town. Stories. Can somebody yell another name of the show, please? It's my mate. Oh, it's my mate. Is it because of planning? And we will we will start looking at your Amazon purchase history soon. And sadly, it's not your Amazon purchase. Porch, porch. No, no, it's not good enough. Quite, look, I mean, just like have, never having a house before, now having a house. Yeah. It's just always asking people, if you were to do this job, how much would it cost? And they seem to pluck a number out of the air. Yeah. And then you have to get about five. And then by that time, you're like, oh, sod it. I'll just go back to the first person again. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, it's, they were nice, and they came round and looked at the house. <laughs> you know, imagine if, and uh, maybe I'm I'm trying to crank the gears to get us towards your Amazon purchase history, which is sitting in front of me. But imagine if, when you went on Amazon and you saw, you know, a nice pair of shoes, nice pair of kicks, mm. and to buy those kicks, uh, Jeff Bezos popped up and had a good look at you and worked out how much he'd charge you for those shoes, because that's basically what <laughs> happening. What happens whenever you get any kind of work done involving building or or mechanics or any of that stuff where there's a, there's a quote. Soon as a quote's involved, as with comedy, the quote's about you, right? They look at you. Yeah. yeah. And, and do you know what? A couple of times I've had a better deal when I've said, ah, oh, they said, oh, so what do you do? Are you going to be in? You're going to be working? Yes. And that's not a man's voice. That was the woman's. And then they'll say, because oh, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, and, and then they'll look at, they'll say, oh, are you um, a stand up? Okay. Yeah. And I go, never heard of you. And the quote's a lot cheaper. So <laughs> there you go. Where, when, when you become, you know, McIntyre levels of fame, what we're saying is it must be a nightmare. It's, it's so yeah. difficult to get the pool done these days because they know who I am. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is my mate, Bought a Toaster. This is the fabulous comic and uh, broadcaster Tom Deacon, who is on the line right now. Tom Deacon, we are going to dive back to 2008. That is your first purchase on uh, Amazon. Uh, this was sent to your house at Roman Road in London Town, the old E2 days, mate. Wow. Yeah. I, I've just, do you know what? That, 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 takes, that takes me back to 2008, which you've just stated. I reckon. But... Yeah, but uh, that was uh, second place living in London uh-huh. and 
it's right near the backyard. And that was the best gig to do. I could, I could go and do a gig. Like I often tell the audience, I could put a pie in the oven. One of those like 40 minute jobs. Oh, nice. Walk across, yeah. do the gig, yeah. say goodbye, back in, dressing gown on, <laughs> pie eaten in front of the TV. I just, that was me thinking, you have made it. You just need to keep doing this. That's brilliant. Ev- everything about being a stand-up is encapsulated in that story because you have a whole day where you can sit around thinking about the pie. And in, we nip out to do a gig for as little time as possible. And throughout the gig, all we're thinking is, when can I go? We are a introverted bunch, really. And we all just want to get home and hide in, under a dressing gown, don't, mm. don't we? And look at a pie. Yeah. That's, you know. Which, and when I see comics who love, and this isn't a judgment, but mm. they love the hanging around, the adulation after the gig. I'm like, yeah. I couldn't be further away from that. Did I do a good job? I can see some people go, that was a really good job, mate. Well done. Enjoy the rest of your night. Um, I thought you were funny. My missus didn't, but I thought you were funny. All of that is, is the great. I, in the beginning. I thought you were funny. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're an acquired taste or I like that you're different. All of this. I'm happy with that. That's enough yeah. ticks in my head to then... To then leave. Yeah, thank you. That is absolutely fine. So yeah, um, but, that was Roman Road. Loved it. Well, listen, what you've just said belies what you've bought because, in fact, despite the fact that you are, <laughs> uh, you don't want to leave your house for longer than it takes to cook a pie, which is a, a great thing to put on your grave uh, gravestone right there. Never left the house for longer than it took to cook a pie. Well, do you know what, Tom? It was bloody annoying when I had to do an encore. Oh, I was like, <laughs> guys, I'll give it to you because I'm professional, but at the end of the day, there is a pie that's burning here. <laughs> i tell you what, Tom Deacon right now, he's so good, he's burning pies. Forget taking the roof off, he's burning pies. Um, but look, your first purchases actually suggest a man who's a bit of a traveller because you have bought a French phrase book and Quick Start Italian. So we got French and Italian, November 2008. What's going on? That sounds like a man who's very confident mm. in uh, the skills that he lacks, but feels like he'll be able to change that. Mm. Um, I think I went off to Paris um, and... I've always loved Italy. So I think I wanted to go and watch more football in, in Italy. But um, yeah, I, I've, I've probably still got those books. They're on the to-do list. Yeah, of course. Do you, have, you know, like a, they're on the kind of, hey, listen, I've got that. If I need a phrase book in French, yeah. uh, I will use it. It's weird. I, I was trying to be more cultural, you know? Well, of course. You know what? I'm going to give away a little bit more about myself. That's um, the idea I of studied... the podcast, mate. That's the idea of the podcast. Well, well and you're getting it yeah. without nudging me. Let's do this. I was self... <laughs> you've, you've planted the seed and now I feel like I've come up with the idea of a podcast. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit more about myself, Tom. <laughs> what do you need, Tom? What do you need on this podcast, mate? It's a bit more about me via my Amazon purchase history. <laughs> I uh, studied the old performing arts at University Exeter. And uh, I just remembered Samuel Beckett. We did a whole course on Samuel Beckett and he loved a little bit the languages. Did he not? Um, And all I sort of remember him doing was taking a text, then translating it to another language. And then from that language, translating it again. And I would, I remember standing there just thinking, what a boring twat! Like, <laughs> like to get someone else to do it, eh? But 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 the context or the understanding would change yeah. depending on the language. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't got time for that. And yet, in two thousand eight, I thought to myself, do you know what? You've been in Edinburgh. You made friends with some Italians. I think it's time you got an Italian phrase, but you learned quick Italian. And so I just always planned to travel away, to get away. Whereas Beckett was like, I want to put another play on. Oh, no one cares, mate. No one cares. (laughs) Also, it would suggest the reason that Beckett's whole style, wasn't it, was very... Um, brief and and very few words. And because he was so into putting his plays on in French, which he did, he would translate them into French himself, one has to think maybe that's why he wrote the original in English with such minimal language, 
because he thought, yeah. well, I've got to translate this bitch. So when he, <laughs> so so when he does that, the, the famous uh, let's go in Waiting for Godot, let's go, we can't, why not? We're waiting for Godot. He's like, what he's actually yeah. doing, oh my, he's, all, the, all these suits turn up with their, you know, with their notepads and their glasses. Oh my God, what is he saying about the human, human condition? What he's saying is, mate, is that he hasn't got the translation skills. That's, <laughs> like, that's what it is. It's like uh, so pigeon French. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Let's keep it simple. Uh, I have a house. My favorite hobbies are. <laughs> if he, I have a sister and a brother. <laughs> if he translated into Spanish, waiting for Godot would have been una cerveza por favor. Por. Out of a Ciao. Done Italian as well. That's so true. We've literally broken down what Samuel Beckett's I'm all about. That we've gone in Samuel Beckett. Okay, so uh, University of Exeter. When did you uh, land on planet stand up planet performing? When did you uh, leave the confines of Exeter? Exeter. Um, I left in I think 2007, mm-hmm. and that is when I did the student stand up competition sure, sure, sure. in Edinburgh. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, I did well in that. I won it. Mm. I remember getting signed by an agent and I was like, well, this is it now. They'll do all the hard work. And I remember calling them up going, I haven't had any gigs. You haven't booked me in for any. (laughs) And I need to earn money to live in London. And I remember my agent was just like, well, you need to get a job then. And that's what I did. I got a job working in a hotel in London, just doing gig after gig. And eventually you get enough promoters that are like, all right, yeah, you can do 20. You can open. Okay, mate, we'll give you enough money for a porch. Two grand for a porch. Two grand. No. You're some way off. More for a porch, mate. There's bricks. Oh there's, yeah, okay, fine, uh, fine, 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 fine. All right, okay. You don't need pl- you don't need planning permission now. I'm going to tell you this much. That's actually quite good intel. That you don't need planning for a porch. Um, I want to know about the hotel. How long did you work in a, in a hotel for? I worked at the Cavendish Hotel on German Street, right in between Green Park and Piccadilly Circus. That sounds posh. Uh, it's. Do you know what? It it is nice. Oh. Uh, it's right behind. Uh, Fortnum and Masons. This is and, peak uh, Agatha Christie vibes now. How many yeah, murders it, while you were there? <laughs> there was only a couple. And actually, uh, I worked in the coffee lounge area. Um, and w- w- on one particular occasion, I was asked, can you do room service? Like go and check the mini bars. And yeah, I caught a bloke doing his thing. And I was I was so unprofessional and a little bit wet behind the ears. I just thought, well, my job is to check the minibar. So <laughs> he can stay on the bed while I check the minibar and crack on with my job. And he can just cover himself while I... Because uh, <laughs> I'm a consummate professional, Tom Price. I'll check your minis, you check your maxis. <laughs> Beautiful. Comedians beware. This is the podcast that could scare you and all of your funny friends from buying things on Amazon. But don't delete your histories, you'll bring Tom Price down to his knees. Please just confess your shopping sins on my mate bought a toaster. We hear where your money's been. 9th of September 2009, you spent £66 on a memory foam mattress topper. I like this. This is uh, this is sort of memory foam, uh, but for poor people. You can't afford the full mattress <laughs> memory foam, right? It's like a sort of insole, but for mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Someone, uh, cause, because you, when in the, 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 the joys of renting yeah. in London, we moved to a place in Vauxhall, uh, three like best mates, all in Voxel, where the front door was obviously leading to the garage 
I mean, this is how bad this yeah, property was, yeah. which the owner had then converted to a uh, lounge, still smelt of petrol for, a, for the whole duration that we were there. Um, no actual cooker or hobs or anything. Upstairs where the lounge would have been was my room mm. and I had a big old bed mm. and it was so uncomfortable. Tom, and I emailed and said, look, this mattress is woeful. Yeah. And someone had said, hey, don't bother getting a whole mattress. Yeah. Just get the top. What was it? Why and was it uncomfortable? Were you, were you feeling the springs? Because that's always one yes. that bothers me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Springtown Central yeah. and I hadn't asked for that. And uh, I thought, you know, my beauty sleep is very important. Absolutely. Um, so the topper, and it's it's probably one of the best purchases I ever made. Because I actually, it was so comfy. I got all the other lads down and I was like, you've got, you've got to try this. And I don't know why, but I insisted that every one of my three mates come and try the bed individually like try it we're, we're, it's so comfy isn't were they it a bit and, suspicious with it oh yeah the old the old memory phone topper ruse eh no please i've yeah. got you home for this come on have a go yeah they were when i put the mini bar in as well um, <laughs> <laughs> but so they, but they it, do work and for only 66 pounds you've got to say that's a that's a pretty good recommendation right there can I just state for this podcast where I'm understanding I open up about myself mm. uh, that I am not in any way affiliated with memory foam toppers, mm. uh, but I cannot stress enough. Yeah. If you want to just push the boat out a little bit and not, not go the full hog, yeah. get yourself one of these. Thank me later. Yeah. Incredible. Um, Change, game changer. Okay, good. That's fine. Hashtag spawn. Um, one of the best things I've ever bought says Melanie M. This is on the 20th of July, uh, 2019. Um, this is a long review. I thought for £50, some, someone here got it for 50 quid, mate. Annoying. Um, I already bought the Viscotherapy egg box, box mattress for my daughter. Uh, on opening, there was zero smell. I, that's an unusual way to... Uh, <laughs> approach smell isn't it i've never thought of I, I, is it the plasticky smell i'm, I'm imagining mm. the plasticky smell mm. someone's not farted and wrapped this yeah, up yeah that's, yeah that's- thank god thank you to those people working hard in presumably china or vietnam or somewhere where they be paid 2p an hour um zero smell which is an, an odd way of, i'm going to use that from now on though oh guys there is eight smell in here um it fluffed up within around an hour uh, the line down the centre where it had been folded was gone after six hours. She fucking, you know, she stood there with her. And line's gone. Uh, it stayed in place all night. The zip off cover is lovely. It is textured and soft. And whilst not exactly like the image, it's very similar. She goes on. But on to the important bit. I slept. I actually slept for more than 10 minutes at a time. I was out like a light. I know I came around a few times through the night, but nothing like the night before. I hope the comfort and quality lasts. This is life-changing, as my mood is so much better this morning after having a really good sleep. Yes, of course. Because I... Uh, thank you, Melanie M, for that review. Um, I- I'm lucky, Tombo. I've, I've, I'm a good sleeper. Are you a good sleeper? I am. I, gen- I genuinely am a good sleeper. What are your... What are your fi- how, let's, let's try and help some people who might struggle with sleep, and we will get back to the podcast soon. What are your final thoughts before you nod off? Do you have a, do you have a standard go-to thing? I'm going to tell you this. Um, last season, yeah. I started playing cricket, village cricket. And, You're living um, the dream. Whereabouts I, are you? Where are you in the country now? Um, you did actually ask. Um, I am out. I live on the border of three counties. Oh. Get a load of this. West Sussex, Surrey and East Hampshire. Oh I live in a little God. place called Liphook. Gorgeous. Oh, it sounds is. beautiful. And I play for a village cricket team, which is over 100 years old. Oh. Uh, played about 19 games last year. I bloody love it. My... Wife to be says I'm a cricket widow, yes, um, wow. and I love it. And so sometimes to get to sleep, I think about how I'm going to play this season. <laughs> oh my God, 
Oh my god! I visualise being on the pitch, and I, and it, and immediately this I've is... got good vibes, and I fall asleep. Mate, okay, right. I'm. I promise you, I'm not waking this. I'm making this up, right? I ha- I'm not yeah. waking this up. I'm not making this up. I had this ready to go. I yeah. am getting increasingly obsessed with golf. I've got a separate podcast okay. about golf. I think about golf all the time. I, I cannot emphasize how true this is. I'm so glad you've confessed that. Just as I nod off, I just start playing golf in my head. <laughs> I, think about, I think about the shape of shots. I think about, on that second, I could hit a, a fade and try and get it to bend left to right. But I think actually the draw's working well there. And I'm gone within 90 seconds. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's really being in your happy yeah. place. And, and cricket really makes me happy. So I start thinking about... Shots I play. I'm captain this year. Are you kidding? You're so captain I... of uh, uh, the the lip hook first, first eleven. Oh, 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 no. sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'll oh, stop whoa, you there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Lip hook, lip hook play lead league cricket. And due to my uh, extensive comedy mm. career, um, I am not ready to give up Saturdays. They play on a Saturday. But when when my career really does yeah. nosedive and no one books sure. me anymore, I will play for lip hook. But now I'm Sunday. I can play a Sunday. I can commit to that. You must be quite good. You must be quite good. What what do you do? Do you battle bowl? I do a bit of, I'm an all rounder. And I'm a bit more agile than the average age is about 48, 50. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, Tom, I can't stress it enough. Once you find, like, I love it after the game, we'll have a couple of pints. I'll then, I'm 10 minutes away from my home. I've played for a teams in London um, where I've got to drive an hour and a half there. This is, I am living the, it's 15 minutes away. Again, it's like the pie. It's like the stand-up comedy and the pie. People yes. people always complain about, oh, that, you know, we lived in a village and um, we worked in the village and then we never went abroad and then we died. And you're like, you're living the fucking dream. That's incredible. Yeah. Like you, you think about the things that bring you joy and then just mm. be happy. I've got a cricket team here. Me and my dog go for walks around here. I don't oh. need to go anywhere. And get rid of that French book and that Italian book. Not needed. <laughs> Not needed. Oh, <laughs> The one thing that, that I always think about when I think about you, Tom, is obviously we've gigged together a lot, um, but because you, you, you had this massive Radio 1 thing that happened to you. And at one stage I was like, oh, Tom Deacon's going to be, he's on Radio 1 forever now. So t- tell us exactly when, when abouts did that happen? Is this yeah. around now, well, 2012 or before? Do you know what I'm picking up and maybe it's me? Where did it? go wrong um <laughs> hang on whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. No. you're a man who has just described at length how right it's gone right you are a man browsing porches 10 grand for the porch 10 grand um, not 10 grand more <gasps> more than 10 yeah and this isn't even with the bloody toilet in this is just literally a boot room where you can hang up some coats yeah. but it stops the draft and i'm anyway yeah, yeah no you should do it we'll come back to that we'll come back to that um yeah so yeah where did it go wrong <laughs> um, <laughs> essentially People would message Annie Mack and Nick Grimshaw on Radio 1 and I would voice them. And that's what I would do. So I would voice the little with different voices. And they were like, do you want to come and do a pilot? It was all part of BBC. And then from that, after a couple of pilots, I eventually did one that was just about comedy and about me loving music and talking about that. And they said, brilliant, you can do a teen show on a Sunday night. And I said, that's not what the pilot was. But um, (laughs) so after the chart show, after Reggie Yates, they would 
come to me for two hours before the surgery, which talked about like problems, like you got knob rot and things like that. They would. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. yeah. So you were, you were that sort of weird sandwich filling between Reggie and, and uh, serious problems. Yes. Between serious problems. Right. I sort of like right. lightened the load, sort of lightened the mood a little bit. So yeah, I, I did that. I did Radio 1 on a Sunday night, one show a week for two and a bit hours and sometimes filled in on early breakfast. And it was great. It was, look, it was, it was really good fun, but, but it had nothing to do with, I wasn't doing comedy on air. The best show that I ever did was the request show. So I love that because on a weekend yeah. you'd go in and people were just getting ready for their night and I would chat to them. I'd basically MC. Then you have a purpose yeah. and you have an MC. Right, exactly. Yes. That, yes. that was my skill base of chatting to people. Mm. Um, and I, I enjoyed Radio 1. Then I did a comedy show for about uh, three months, winding down on a Wednesday night, which was great. We had a lot yeah. of fun. Some really big names came on. Um, mm. And then I remember going in. This isn't a sad story. Don't cry, Tom. Don't cry. All right. I, I went in <laughs> and I was doing a football show. Hang on. When you say don't cry, Tom, were you talking to I yourself? I was talking to or me. No, I wasn't talking uh, to you. Uh, I was talking to me. Okay. I thought you were talking to me. Okay. <laughs> Price, don't cry. Tom Deacon. Price is fine. <laughs> Price yeah, will be Deacon, fun. give us some tears. Come on, mate. <laughs> I remember going in and I was, I'd been looking for the early breakfast show. really wanted that. I was kind of yeah. like, once you're in radio, they're like, do you want to do this show? This is where you want to aim for. This is where you want to get to. So yeah. you're being funneled and you're thinking, here we go. So look, Tom, you know, you're youngish. Uh, and we feel mm. like there's an opportunity. We've enjoyed your shows. The other presenters, DJs, they really like you. I think let's do yeah. this comedy show. And I remember the, the difficulty with it was they were like, we want it to be edgy. And I'm like, right, it's an hour show on a Wednesday. What do you mean edgy? And they were like, well, you know, like edgy. Can you make it edgy? And I was like, right. What does that? But I know, mate. What are you going to be, Chris Morris? What do they want? I, I this is the problem with the BBC, uh, and yeah. there's many problems, but there's many good things as well. And I remember going, of course. hang on a minute, great, what? great balance, well trained. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's on the back of that uh, ID card that they always that have around your oh, neck, yeah, like yeah, a language. Yes, yes. <laughs> so yes, so yes, I yes. so I said, do you mean like, you know, at the time it was like Oscar Pistorius, the shooting, edgy, and they were like, well, no. And I was like, or do you mm. mean? horse meat being in burgers that shouldn't be. And they're like mm. somewhere in between. I was like, what is, Wow, it's mad. It's a very difficult, but I yeah. remember to go into, to have a review. And at the time my agent and my producer had always said, look, you've got to at BBC, you've got to be telling them all the stuff that you're doing outside of BBC so that they, they know that. that you're successful and they need to keep you. So uh, mm -hmm. I remember the, the guy, Reese was just like, right, mate, what's been going on? Well, tell me, uh, take a seat. And I'd be like, mate, I'm doing this, uh, this football show. I'm traveling around the world, watching Champions League matches. It's really big on YouTube. It's great. It's brilliant. And he went, oh, fantastic. Um, that's great. I'm really happy for you. No, we're not going to extend the Wednesday show anymore. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And, and I remembered it. And he said, so, um, so yeah, like we enjoyed it, but we just want to try something different now. And, um, so yeah, look, we'll be in touch. Oh, mate. Wow. And then I remember leaving the building. And here's, here's, oh here's the thing. Oh my God, this is so partridge. I love it. <laughs> I remember. Lynn, Lynn, we're going. Get some pens. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know. So I'm I'm like leaving. That's fun. They're going to be in touch. They're going to be in touch. They're going to be in touch, aren't they? I, do, can I just say, I'm still waiting to hear back on a pilot of Bewitched that I made in 2008. <laughs> Haven't heard yet. I thoroughly enjoyed Radio 1, but I'll never forget that sort of, oh, they're cool. And I often check my phone. I'll check it now. No, it's still not called. <laughs> <laughs>
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's the second half of My Mate Bought a Toaster with the fabulous Tom Deacon. Don't forget, when you leave us today, don't just walk off and think, well, that's my podcast listening done for another week. There's nothing else out there as good as My Mate Bought a Toaster. I mean, sure, that's a point, but come on. False Economy with Vix Layton and Paul Watson and Andrew O'Neill is VVG indeed. It's a fabulous podcast all about their guests' retail quirks. Uh, from their best ever bargains to their worst ever ripoffs. It's funny, it's frank, it's really well done. Do check out False Economy. Rebecca Reed's been on, Rosie Wilby, Poppy Hillstead. Poppy Hillstead did my mate bought a toaster, she's brilliant. Uh, and their latest guest, which just dropped, is James Barr, brilliant radio host, very funny man indeed. And he talks to Vic Slayton and Andrew O'Neill about his spending habits, including presenting, spending money on his sex life. Yeah, don't we all, James? Uh, and he talks about how Rita Ora has really stuffed up his online targeted advertising. So that is False Economy, a friend of my mate bought a toaster, available for your ears right now. Back to Tom Deacon. October 2014, ah, oh, the uh, scalp revitalizer conditioner. You've got a lot of scalp revitalizer. One, two, three, you've got three Nioxin System 1 cleanser as well. Um, how, how is your scalp? Is that something you're happy to talk about? Is this a dandruff situation we've got on our hands here on my mate bought a toaster? Uh, do you know what? I think I know. I think this was for my dad. <laughs> ah, Daddy Deacon. <laughs> Daddy Deacon. Listen, uh, no, son. Yeah. Your mother's been complaining about our uh, flapjack shoulders. Yeah. So can you sort me out? <laughs> Uh, it looks like I've been in Tenerife for a little bit too long. Um, <laughs> listen, it's uh, hopefully your mum. You've got my, my. I'm hoping you've got more of your mum's genes, but this is Flake Sound Central here. Uh, yeah, that's that's for him. He's doing very well actually. He's moved to yes. hemp shampoo a few years back. Oh. So no, um, no, very, very, very few chemicals. Uh, that's is that working well for him because I am I'm hooked up on a, a drip of Head and Shoulders, even though I've barely got any hair left. And as soon as I leave her, Head and Shoulders is a bit of a allegedly addictive drug because as soon as you get off Head and Shoulders, you start to scalp, you start to flake, and it's only Head and Shoulders that makes the flake. So they sort of they create a problem which only they can solve, and I'm sure that's. That's that's how drug dealers yeah, work, it's, right? I, I feel like Head and Shoulders is almost a little bit fentanyl esque. <laughs> yeah, um, you've got to push through it, mate. I mean, I don't know much right. about hair products, but I um, I would say this: you have to push through that. 
and get to uh, the hemp to get to the hemp you've got to just to the end yeah just say look i'm i'm going through something buy a hat um and mm. and just tell people that i'm i'm trying to get off head and shoulders and they'll they'll support you through that <laughs> do, you, do you think there's a there's a sort of aa for head and shoulders addicts i think is that uh head and shoulders anonymous could that could that work just sit there Talking about how we're addicted to this thing. It's going to make a great version of Dope Sick, isn't it? Have you seen Dope Sick on Disney Plus? Everyone, I haven't you know, seen it, but I but I know the concept. It's fascinating. Absolutely People getting addicted to Oxy. And it'll be, you know, how, how many people were queuing outside boots for head and shoulders. It's a great, it's a drama. Do you know what? I didn't realise um, getting married next week, in fact. Oh my God. Yeah, wow. It's close. it's close. Oh, and, Tom. And my uh, other half said, uh, I don't want any breakouts on the wedding. And I went, do you mean with our guests? And she went, no, your face. So uh, <laughs> if you could sort like, I don't know, just have a bit more of a cleansing routine. So I went and had a facial. <laughs> oh my God. So my mum got involved because it was my birthday not that long ago. She was like, look, we'll pay for it. Just go and have a facial. I you bl- got a facial for your birthday? Yeah. My mum was like, you can have a massage. You can have a facial. You could have treat i don't know what treatment other treatments they do and i was like well georgie's saying i don't want any spots uh for the big day so i went on a face oh my god they are lovely they are i hope i'm i hope i'm not being too sort of uh uh gender reductive here but that is unusual for a man whoa, to sit whoa. there and go no no i know i know i know i'm wow, an old wow, sad wow. dinosaur right oh come on how many men listen to this are like yeah i've had a facial was how many men sit around after i've given a, a few i've given a few there will be go. their next line are. which is well horrific. done very good um <laughs> How, you know, how many times when you finish your game of cricket do you stand with a lad? Would you be comfortable saying to the guys you play cricket with that you've just had a facial? <laughs> well, from one of the opposition. Um, no, I, um, I... Do you know what? Oddly enough about the cricket, I'm one of the only few that will have a shower in the pavilion. Mm-hmm. Some yeah, people don't. And it's it's yeah. it's really odd because I'm like, it's a free shower. Mm. The cost of living, guys. We've already paid yeah, yeah, 10 pound yeah. subs. You may as well get the hot yeah. water as well. Uh, you never like 45 <laughs> minutes deep, deep cleansing everything. So, so what happens at a facial? Tell us. They basically, you lie on the bed, they sit behind and they just put loads of creams on your face. And I'd say, wow. what's happening now? Now we're cleansing. <laughs> And I'd be like, oh, that's nice. It's quite relaxing. We'd have a chat. So you like the co- you like the sort of cleansing comment? Tell, tell me what you're doing to me. You oh. like that sort of commentary thing? Well, I just wanted to know what was what was going yeah. down. And then she gets on these yeah. hot towels and then she rubs all of that okay. off and you go, that was nice. And she went, now we're going to put a little bit of a stronger cleanser. And I'd be like, ooh. And then we do that. <laughs> <laughs> then the hot towels come out again. It's very relaxing. Yeah. And then she'd be like, now we're going to exfoliate. And then she'd be like, now, Tom. And I'd be like, yes, Vicky, you really need to cleanse more. And I'd be like- You do I- get told off a lot, don't you, by groomers, they- whether it be dogs or or humans they do like to tell you off they bloody love it and i'm like okay and you will do this won't you yeah all right because i want you more i want you sparkling i want you sparkling for the wedding i want you to be more radiant than the bride and i went i don't think that will fly um (laughs) so what i have to do now after cricket after the gym today i take a little bottle of cleanser and it has to be done there and then and then i haven't had any breakouts and i'm like bloody hell this looking after yourself, grooming routine. A, the products are expensive. And also it's now added more for my to-do list in a day. I don't like it, Tom, but I can see the benefit and I thoroughly enjoy it. I must admit you do. You look good. How old are you? Wow. Here we go. Um, I am 37, Tom. You look good. You do look good. Thank you. Because all all I'm thinking, as ever, every conversation I ever have, I'm just thinking about myself. I think (laughs) maybe I need to... Because one of the mums at school said to me, one of the mums at school said to me the other day, and because she makes makes some lotions and stuff, that's her business. And she was like, your skin is really dry. She just said it in a really matter-of-fact what are you doing with yourself? And I was like, oh, I, it never occurs to me. So 
All right. Maybe I need to start cleansing. Tears really do <laughs> take all the moisture out of my face. Thanks for noticing. Cleanse, Tom. Exfoliate once a week and then moisturize. I just can't be asked. No, neither I can I, Tom. With all that. Neither can I. But like, like I'm get, I'm trying. All right, guys. Uh, I'm trying. Like you, I take you it do to look. You do look younger. You look. You do look. You do not look anywhere near forty. <laughs> you honestly don't. But no. you are. But yeah. you are, mate. Yeah. The maths don't lie. The yeah. numbers don't lie. Look at my um, Wikipedia. It'll tell you. There it is. Um, but also do look at his Wikipedia as well. Lovely record. <laughs> Lovely record. Um, January 2016, men's Italian designer leather wallet gift boxed wallets. You seem to have bought a wallet, but the picture of it is like a shoulder strap. So it's like a sort of... Oh, no, Man hang on. bag. Man bag. No, it's a corrector back and shoulder support brace. I don't know why it called itself a leather wallet. What have you bought here? This is very odd. It's invisible under clothing. Did you buy a support brace for your upper body? Is that you? What's it's, going on? It sounds like it, doesn't it? Um, yeah. I, I may have injured myself. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, mini bar escapades. Um, no, no. Uh, I I don't know. I, I, I've injured my... I, I'd often injure myself. Um, so, yeah, just you need a bit of support sometimes, don't you? Mm. Shoulder worst, support. Worst injury thus far? Uh, hernia. Her- ah! But it but it's strangulated, so it was a rush to oh! hospital job. Morphine, no. Hello, hello. Oh, that stuff's really good. Moorish, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it puts the more in morphine, doesn't it? Um, uh, it was it was incredible. The painkillers got chucked up. Um, it was strangulating, and I I what felt. What does that mean? Strangulating. Give us so a it, proper. It pops out. Uh, there's a tear. The yep. insides pop out, and then it won't because you're so like, oh my god, that hurts. You're tense. Mm. You're you're rigid. And is it, it in the tummy? Is this where it's happening? No, just above the groin, just t- fractionally above the groin. So it's oh, built. And yeah. Um, yeah, it strangulated. It wouldn't go back in. Uh, so the morphine relaxed me. Well, sent oh, me to I sleep. See. So that then everything would slip back in again. And then it had to be uh, meshed up is what I'd like to call it. Oh, which wow. then, Which then, Tom, uh, th- that, that gets meshed. It's just above your groin. Um, yeah. And that's, all where, the, the that's where the willy is. If anyone's wondering, you know, okay, the let's pe- just let's just take that face on. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> Don't put that's it face the, on. The, I, the, I'm always no, side on. Always, <laughs> always side on. Never, never look directly in the eye. Um, and then <laughs> the blood uh, flowed back down and got yeah. trapped in the old testicles uh, in the sack. That was painful, Tom. Surely not. Yeah. And then... Oh, no. That was, oh, the, bloody hell, Tom. Yeah, literally. And then I was like, well, mm. when's that going to go? And they're like, it'll go. And it didn't go. And it stayed. No. Big Bull Deacon. Um, Still there now? Still got Big Bulls now? What's happening? Uh, no. Well, what they had to do was slice, make an incision. Mm-hmm. Sure. Down the I'm gonna, this is now a trigger warning at the beginning of the episode, but carry on. Yeah, yeah. If, well, how do I describe this trigger warning? If you're if you're easily triggered by someone's ball sack getting sliced open, don't listen to this episode. But then in doing that, I've given the trigger. <laughs> uh, sliced open. And what was what was weird about it was when I was down in Exeter, um, uh, they didn't have enough beds on the men's ward, so I was put in the women's ward with a curtain oh. around me. And I feel like when someone's about to make an incision. In your testes, there's there's something like a like a sign was saying yeah. they're going to make a mistake and you will you will be permanently on the wimps. No, so um, so I <laughs> so they made an decision. Yeah, we're putting you on the ward where we're going to leave you. We can't have anyone on this ward with testicles, I'm afraid. So so yeah, that they those were those were two of my least favourite 
um, injuries. Uh, wow. Yeah. Well, two of them, of course, because there's two testicles or two because of the uh, hernia well, followed by the... The bag in which both testes are in uh, were drained. Oh, um, lovely. And it, lovely. It's still a bag for life. It's still there. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the hernia is fine. Um, and okay. it's lasted since I was at uni. So it's, it's doing well. Great, great. Well, I'm glad that's okay. Good. Um, this is we're finding out so much about you psychologically, uh, physically. <laughs> this it's all there to be uncovered as we go through your purchase history. And uh, we're now getting into uh, 2018, Tom Deacon, and you're buying microphones and kit. Um, you're buying Gordon Strack and My Life and Football. Yeah, of course you got to get that red mate. And Gordon Strack and the biography. Were you interviewing Gordon Strack? I just- was. Yeah. Did you interview him? Yeah, I interviewed him. And so I read one account, neither of which he gave permission to. So it was really quite, quite interesting to read both of these, uh, yeah, biographies and then be like, and Gordon, did that happen? And he'd be like, no, it didn't happen like that. This is how it happened. And I was like, that's amazing. What a legend and such a, such a lovely bloke. But yeah, you've got, you've got to do the, um, you've got to do the research if you're going to interview someone, don't you, Tom? Yeah, that's that's absolutely right, Tom. So when's your show on Radio 1? Is it on this weekend or...? So, so do you do a lot of sports stuff now? You have pivoted towards the old sport, which I think it's fair to say your Amazon purchase history proves you definitely like. This is not you faking it. There's loads of football, loads of Formula One bits and bobs as I go through all this stuff. So that must be a joy to be doing that. Yeah. Um, so what I do now uh, is do the F1 esports, which is the gaming side of F1. Um, okay, and- so it's not it's not Formula One with batteries. Uh, real life. No, it's it's no. it's not the electric one. Yeah. <laughs> hang on, hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can I just say how similar was that noise to Michael McIntyre? Yeah. Very he does Michael McIntyre does sound like an electric car. Because <laughs> he just charges in the corners when he's braking. Um yeah, that is fantastic. That is all. we have really struck gold on a few things here. Yes, yeah, so, 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 so I so I so I started doing that um before lockdown, but during lockdown there was no sport going mm. on as we all know i don't need to tell people but um yeah. so we have we had f1 drivers competing from their own houses against uh like f1 esports people like roberto carlos we had sports people um stuart broad it was bonk and it was on sky sports and we would yes, uh, yes. i was allowed to drive <laughs> like ghost town across london from where i lived to get to the studio well, you're then, doing important work in the national interest, mate. Thank you. And then Matt Hancock, you stay at home, dickheads. <laughs> Deacon has got to go and host uh, Mario Kart. So, <laughs> a, glor- <laughs> a glorified Mario Kart. Um, yeah, so uh, so I got into doing the F1 esports and um, it hopefully will be back. Well, it will be back this year, whether I'm doing it or not. It's always in the balance. But oh. yeah, I've, I've been the host for the last five years. Great fun. Um yeah. Yeah, so so to yeah, having to do a bit of research and understand it a bit more. Um because that's the thing. I'm not an avid F1 fan or I wasn't when I started, but right, right. I could make the transition for those that are new to F1 esports to be the kind of the the, the, the extra point on the triangle between the viewers, the guys that are yes. doing that have got those skills and myself and I could just bridge that gap. Yes. And, and now I understand a lot more about it and 
Drive to Survive and every other bit of watching That's the F1. That's made it I massive, it. hasn't it? Drive to Survive has, has turned F1 on for a load of people. But I do like the eSports stuff because, you know, it's to be a bit woke and boring, but um, the carbon footprint of Formula 1 is disgusting. But with that's, eSports, yeah. it, that's a really... I don't understand. Here's, here's my pitch. Why don't they, once a season for Formula 1, insist that they all do the race with electric cars? What would happen? With electric cars? Yeah, just for that one race a season. The, all the <clears> Formula 1 team, and it still counts, it still points... Yeah, I think, uh, well, the problem is, and I, my understanding, you've got a, a cost cap and mm. they invest all their money into that, uh, the, the car and all the cars. And then for this one race, they'll be like, we haven't done it and the fans won't want it. So if you said to Spain, hey, you know, you've cut out that corner. It's very exciting Grand Prix now. Um, we're going to have the electric car go around. People wouldn't turn up. It, people want the, the the sounds. They want that petrol heads, essentially. Yeah. They want that. I agree with you. They sh- they, they they could do that. And yeah. But so imagine th- how much money would be if they had to put all the A&R and the research into electric cars for Formula One because competition is what makes things improve massively right and if they yeah. did that if they stuck that on on f1 it would be insane what it, what they could do i mean they invented energy recapture right that was a formula one invention yeah but but the thing is with formula e uh no one cares and so <laughs> so it's very difficult uh because too many people are put off michael mcintyre and they're like oh, i don't like his comedy i don't want to listen to him go around the track um, <laughs> look at my andrew Kids can't get them out the house. Cheers, cheers. But but it's it, it, it is mad watching uh, a, a live show that I'm in the studio and you've got the drivers. They're all remote still since yeah. COVID, um, yeah. and the teams don't want them all in one place because they've got their setups, they've got their rigs, just how they like it. Um, yeah. And and it you know like watching on the screen, you're watching everything happen. And some people say it is it's it's brilliant. It's great to watch. Um, and these drivers, these young, young guys are so good and yeah. they can get sort of into the world of motorsport if they if they want to from that because they're so good at being a sim racer. Do they do tantrums? Because whenever I play computer games, if I'm losing, I just unplug it. Do they do that? There, there are some, um, yeah, there are some that we've had broken pedals, brake pedals, <laughs> the, the full works. But the, but, here's, it, but the fascinating thing is, so so people will say it's a game and it is a game, but these are the top, top guys at yeah. this game. So they are a tenth, uh, three tenths, uh, a thousandth of a second off each time. One guy didn't make quality, uh, it, sorry, into Q3 because of one thousandth of a second. So wow. they're so much closer in terms of all their abilities. And um, the first season we did it, imagine the whole studio, have got a live audience all there. And uh, they are kicking off in the back because of something on the game wasn't set right. And then you've got the teams because they they are employed by the F1 teams, their esports arm. So you've got Ferrari there. You'll have you know yeah. all the top ten teams. Do they rock up with helmets and like fireproof gear and stuff? That oh, would be too much. Shame. Tom. That That's would be shame. too much. But they kick off and they challenge all of the stewarding decisions, just like the F1, really? because there's seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars on the line. Oh, fair, right, right. They're right. like they're threatening lawyers to be involved in these decisions. And man, I love it. Oh God, it's getting so serious. It's brilliant. Brilliant. It is fantastic. So yeah, so oh, I get to do that. So so, so I have to buy a certain thing, a few things every now and again, just to make sure yeah. that I'm up to date with everything. Is that why you bought the advanced boxing hand wraps for combat sports on the 19th of March, 2019? Uh, I don't want to go on about it, but uh, yeah, uh, a, a PT <laughs> at the gym said, do you want to get fit? And I was like, already am, mate. But yeah, let's... Uh, 
fitter. Let's, sure. Let's, yeah, let's add an ER to it. Um, yeah. And uh, he said, let's do boxing. So I had to get the wraps. And then um, I messed up my wrist. So... That's why I bought oh. a wrist support later on on Amazon. Nice, nice. Okay, all right, good, good, good. See, again, a journey into Tom Deacon's physical decline here on My Mate Bought a Toaster. Um, vegan kombucha. I mean, this is really, this is this is really zeitgeisty stuff now. That is <laughs> vegan kombucha. Wow. Is that, so kombucha is very good for your digestive system, isn't it? You're looking confused like you don't know. No, what. no, I, I do remember buying that because... Uh, as one would do, had a lot of time on your hands during lockdown. And I read and I was like, kombucha is supposed to be really, really good for you. And I got the vegan mm. one because that would be even better for you. And mm. uh, then you it get turns a bit out- smugger as well, engage extra smug face as well, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can connect with vegans and that's what I'm about. I just like to connect <laughs> with other people. If I meet one, I'm like, oh my God, I well, tried vegan kombucha. It made me a little bit sick. It's when Lewis Hamilton comes to do esports. You're ready for him, man. You can have vegan chat with him. I can have a lot of vegan chat with him. I've got a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> And then I found out the kombucha, uh, minimal effects. Uh, so I don't want to debunk it, but uh, yeah. yeah, minimal effects. But I enjoyed it. It was nice. Something to drink. I felt good. It's placebo. And then... Oh. It's a bit like uh, when, you know, we're investing in your pension. The same, it's the same thing with bioculture stuff. You know, it's like a little, one little bit every now and again. And over time, it's going to work. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not here for over time. Unless it's going to make a substantial difference in the next 24 hours. I'm out. Yeah, is is Yakko actually good for you? You know, we'll never know. We'll never know fully. If you feel good having it, good on you. Mm. I like a bit of sugar too. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. The power of placebo. 2021, July 2021, you bought some walkie-talkies here, 2099. So you've really splashed out on those walkie-talkies. Um, I always feel sorry for walkie-talkies because mobile phones have really stolen a march on those guys. And nothing made me happier when I was a kid than uh, sitting in my room talking to my best mate on our walkie-talkies. It was like it's a sort of Spielbergian small-town dream, right? Mm, mm. Loved it. I, well, look, I, I love uh, walkie-talkies and I... Well, my parents were very much hanging out in the garden a lot. So they've got two sheds. One's my dad's, one's my mum's shed. And so I got them walkie-talkie so that if one was out in the garden, they could take the walkie-talkie with them. This isn't a big garden. I'm making it sound like they're a distance away. It just, I thought it'd be quite fun for them. So sometimes they have the walkie-talkie in the house. They're just like, Cedric, are you there? Yes, I am. I'm still, I'm still busy. <laughs> so I bought the walkie-talkies. So, so if they go to the garden, then they're the one who doesn't have to shout because they can't hear each other. So it's great. <laughs> shed one to shed two. Shed two receiving. How can I help? That's so much fun. I think that's a fun gift. Because it's impossible to hold a walkie-talkie and not feel like you are some kind of soldier or policeman. It's impossible. You can't, especially if you put it on your lapel, just down so you can you have to drop your head a bit. It's just speaking into your chest a bit. You just need to just say what you can see. <laughs> that's what they do. That's what you do on a walkie-talkie. That's that's most walkie-talkie chat is just saying where you are. Yeah. Currently outside the house over. That's that's what they are. <laughs> yeah. You don't get people emotionally, you know, making themselves available on walkie-talkies. That's what you walkie-talkies are always it's always very business-like. You don't get enough kind of feeling slightly loner today over. You know what I mean? When I was let go at Radio <laughs> One, they said we'll call you. Over. <laughs> You never said you love me as a child, over. <laughs> Why don't you get that? Walkie-talkie confessions. <laughs> 
kind of like bread, but I really love toast. And which toaster could I say I love the most? The four slot machine to toast my bread. The answer simply stuck in my head. Cause there never could be another kind. It's only Juliet that's on my mind. It's only Juliet that's here to stay. It's only Juliet that takes my bread away. 20 grand for the porch. 20 grand. That's ridiculous, uh, by the way. You are getting closer. It's not more than 20 for a porch. We were quoted. I will, let's let's finish the game now. 15 to 30 grand. It's somewhere in between, depending on what added on materials we want. Well, it, for that, I'd want wheels two, and wings. Mate, I, I want it in gold. I yeah. want this whole street to be like, bloody hell, have you seen the porch? <laughs> That is fantastic. They've got an incredible porch down there. Like a sort of housing golden tooth that would just oh. sit there. I just I just feel like she said, look, it'll be about 15 to 30 grand depending on materials. And I'm like, do you think I'm a mug? Like, I, I may as well have email back and go, do you think I'm a mug? I am not. like Because now we have to decide what we want to do with the house. And you're like, do we want a porch? That's just ridiculous. to stop a draft. Why don't you uh, murder someone on your front door and then they'll put up one of those little white tents over the body and then you that's a freebie. Is that? And I'd ha- unfortunately, I won't be able to live here anymore, Tom, oh, but yeah, good idea. Okay. I didn't think that through. Um, all right, Tom Deacon, look, come on. We are nearly at the end. Uh, we have got a wax seal kit here for some sort of candles vibes. This is for GK in Chandler's Ford, where my ex-girlfriend used to live. No. Um, yeah. What? Yeah, this is all, now we're getting into the territory of what we like to do <clears throat> for a wedding uh, that we're, we're, we're going to have is to mm. slightly go back in time. And we've got these wax uh, seal things. Where you sort of, you look like you're doing heroin. I've seen in films. Yeah, and, sure. You'd uh, imagine, you like, yeah. You do, <laughs> with a tea light and you put mm. these tiny little bit of wax balls into the little cup thing and then you melt it and then you pour it out and then you stamp it with a little love heart. And oh. we have done... 50 of them. And that reminds me, we've got 20 more to do, which oh, I am so excited about. My gosh, I love this. And you've bought a, a, a credit card holder. Is this all part of it? And um, I don't trust people. Beads. Yeah, no, fair. fair, fair this fair, is fair, this fair. is the one that apparently people can walk up to you and steal your identity. So these little, they look oh. like tiny little suitcases, right. uh, which you keep your cards in. So I assume this you were buying this for the wedding, just in case there's any sort of grifting uncles who are hanging around you with a little sum-up reader nearby. <laughs> Steve, couple, get away from my pocket, mate. There's a couple <laughs> I don't trust, Tom. But, uh, <laughs> I know where they're sat, it's fine. <laughs> but this is beautiful. Look, here you are at the end of My Mate Bought a Toaster. You know, we started with you buying your, your travel books that you never used. Your, uh, your very comfortable, but I've got to admit, slightly, uh, slightly sort of depressing uh, memory foam mattress topper. And now here we are having porch chat and you're buying wax to seal the invitations to your wedding. Tom Deacon, this feels like a, this feels like a beautiful place to leave you. Thank you very much. I mean, there will be more purchases. Uh, in the future, Ooh. probably dog joint care bites. Uh, that's something I have ordered yeah. um, in the past. Yeah. And um, look, you know, I is it's exactly as you said. It's domesticity. I am yeah. there now. I am happy with my life. Oh, so Occasional good. order of thing. Okay, look, I even sometimes buy some fabric softener. It's good, and I'm happy with that. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. Tom, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, where can we find you on all the socials? Instagram's the best one, Tom Deacon Comedy. Uh, that's where I occasionally post pictures uh, that are of nice angles of me on stage. 
really good. It's all about getting that best angle. And we've had a great, we've had several angles on you today, Tom Deacon, and they've all been very, very nice to listen to. Uh, Tom Deacon, thank you for coming on My Mate Bought a Toaster, you lovely man. Absolute pleasure, Tom. Thank you. Isn't he just glorious? The wonderful Tom Deacon on the show next week. Really excited about this. John Robbins is going to be dropping in to reveal everything that is in his Amazon purchase history and everything also in his soul and his brain like this. I I know all I ever need to know about the complete story of Jaguar. Fair enough. But what about the complete story of John Robbins? We dive into his past. But we're not there anymore. But it's interesting no, to not. go back into that mindset through the medium of my Amazon purchases. It really is. Yeah, it's a good format, John. It's been said before. Sure, that's his past. But what about his passions, his beliefs, like this? Well, that's yeah. not what collecting is. No. It's about f- opening a packet and it mattering because yeah. that's your pocket money. And of course, as always, what with him being John Robbins, he keeps it light. This is what's going to happen, is you do all this kind of work on yourself and then you just get hit by a bus, but just you just make a slightly bigger dent. <laughs> that's John Robbins heading to a My Mate Bought a Toaster near you very soon. Next week, that's going to drop. It'll also be out in all its glory over on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash toasterpod. It's going to drop on there in the next couple of days in audio and visual form as well. That's patreon.com slash toasterpod. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to enter the competition, duelit.com slash toasterpod, if you want to win yourself nearly 500 quids worth of fabulous Duelit prizes. Ah, <sighs> And breathe. See you next week. Lots of love. All the best. Thanks for coming. Kind regards. Oh, don't forget to write us a review. Can you do that? Cheers. It's my mate, boy, toaster. Oh, oh. It's my mate, boy, toaster. Yeah, yeah. It's my mate, boy, toaster. Oh, oh. Toaster, boy.